What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing, Addy Oye Jr. What's up, Chum? We have the Nitro Rifle himself, Andy Cortez. I'm feeling pretty fucking gonk right now. <laughs> I love the gonk. It's all real. <laughs> it's all real. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're getting cyberpunky <laughs> today. Uh, and making his return to one of these shows here, fresh from vacation. Just taking a little, a little vacation a little from detour. vacation to be back here. Big Daddy himself, Greg Miller. Wake up, Samurai. And rounding out the group today, we're talking cyberpunk. So, of course, we had to invite Paris Lilly and his chair. (laughs) 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 How you doing, Paris? Fun fact. Very first game cast I ever did was Cyberpunk 2077. Well, this is perfect. Perfect Ah. having you you back here. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. Uh, we do it on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and RoosterTeeth.com as a video, but we also do it as a podcast. Just search your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games cast and we will be right there for you. But if you wanted to go above and beyond, you can go to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny where you can get the show ad free. Uh, you can watch early as we record it. You can get a whole bunch of bonus content and you can be a Patreon producer like Brave Athos, Jedi Master Deadpool or Delaney Twining have done. We appreciate all of you so very, very much. Uh, if you don't have any bucks to toss our way on Patreon, that's cool. You can use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, on all of your Epic uh, Game Store purchases. And at no extra cost to you, we get some money, and that's fantastic. Um, today we're brought to you by BetterHelp, but I'll tell you about that later. A little housekeeping for you. We got a lot of games to talk about here, y'all. So many different games are coming out. Previews, reviews, everything in between. Um, so, one thing that I did want to say is Mortal Kombat. People have been asking where a review of that is. We're going to be giving you a bonus games cast later this week in place of an X-Cast. So, no X-Cast this week, uh, but Yay. we will do a, a Mortal <laughs> we got Let's go. A Mortal Kombat uh, one review. There's uh, nothing happening anyway in the X-Cast. Xbox. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, Games Daily every day will be covering all the wild, wild <laughs> leaked documents uh, in, in the world of Xbox. And of course, the Xcast will return next week. But uh, me, Blessing, Mitchell, Mitchell Saltzman, Saltzman, and Khalif Adams. Adams will be doing a Mortal Kombat 1 review later in the week, which I'm very, very excited to get to. But we're not <laughs> talking about making the face. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me until we got you here. We got you here. Uh, but. Without th- with that all out of the way, let's get into it. Today, we are talking about Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty. Greg, you were our lead reviewer on this one, so I want to start with your thoughts sure. on what you would give this on the kind of funny scale. Sure. Uh, Cyberpunk, Phantom Liberty uh, is a good campaign. I had a really good time with this. Uh, I enjoyed myself. Uh, great performances. Uh, the game is still beautiful. Uh, it is still fun to play. The problem I found myself with is I reflected back on it and played other things and went through side content and stuff like that is that when you start talking about it being good, right, I feel like we operate on this five-point scale, right? And so you have either a three that's okay or a four that's great or a five that's amazing. Uh, for me, there are great moments to the campaign, but the overall run I had with uh, Phantom Liberty, I think, never got in, maintained the four out of five region. So for me, it's a three out of five. It's okay. Um, it took me 13 hours uh, to play through and roll credits for Phantom Liberty. Then you can tack on another hour after that to roll the new ending for Cyberpunk. Uh, obviously, we won't spoil any of that, but that's just that. Uh, for you know more under the hood stuff, 
I started in, uh, just from scratch on this one. You can, at the start of a game, say, you know, hey, do you want to uh, start from the very beginning or jump to where you could just get into this uh, Phantom Liberty stuff? I jumped straight into Phantom Liberty, rolled a new character that way, ran through it that way. Uh, eventually, though, you know, I, I played it on uh, Xbox uh, Series S. Uh, I went up to Canada and played this there, so I brought the Xbox Series X. Had the little screen. Had the little X Series screen that I, I want to come on Xcast and talk about it because that was just an amazing experience. But we'll get to that at a different time. In terms of the game, that's how I played it for the most part. When I got back home here, I used uh, you know CD Projekt Red's save transfer technology to transfer my save over to PS5 and pick back up there and played it on my big old OLED downstairs oh, wow. with that. So I uh, had a, a variety of experiences with it in terms of a technical thing, but in terms of uh, my run on it, that's what I did with it. Um, you know, again, I think we're going to get into it. I know just from a two sentence conversation with bless, I don't think we're fully aligned. So I'm interested to get into it a bit more, but for me, it's just one of those things that as somebody who put 33 hours into uh, cyberpunk at the launch and played that on PlayStation five, obviously backwards compatible PlayStation four version, platinumed it like was all about it there. I felt like when I consumed the game that way, it was very much like not so much a great RPG, but it was like a far cry where it was very much, okay, cool. I'm going to go do this thing and I'm going to do it that way. And then it'll be done and it will rinse and repeat over and over again. And coming into cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, that was still the case. Again, the main campaign has lots of ups, lots of downs. As you know, I've never watched a mission impossible movie, but for every mission impossible trailer I've ever seen, this would be what they were going for. They're doing a spy thriller thing, which, you know, opens of course with, the president's uh, plane, Space Force One, going down in Dogtown. V being dispatched to go out and help. Of course, they're promising a cure for V to go through and do. And then you are off onto this Rick Rolling adventure in a new section of Night City called Dogtown, where you are off trying to do this thing to save the president. And this leads you to all sorts of spy shenanigans, cool moments that I didn't see coming. But overall, when you get outside of that, it is still very much Cyberpunk 2077. And I want to make it clear, I, I, you know, I think I was listening to a little show you might know called Gamertag Radio, where one of the best minds in the business, Paris Lilly, was talking about Cyberpunk 2.0. Because not only are we getting Phantom Liberty, this big expansion, before that, you're getting the 2.0 update that's changing the skill trees and doing all these different things. Uh, my review is very much Phantom Liberty. Not I, I can talk about that. I can touch on that. But the problem is that after I platinum cyberpunk, I put it back down. So to jump in three years later and jump, go into it, like for me, the skill tree didn't feel different. I, I went through and assigned my points and I had pretty much the same character and went off and did my piece, right? Like there's all these little things that if you were looking for how different is that from one side to the other, you'd need to talk to an expert of cyberpunk, somebody who's played it through every update, everything here and there. But I can just talk about Phantom Liberty through the eyes of somebody who platinum the game before and the side content that comes with it that I feel was very rinse and repeat and didn't do it. But that'll get more into the weeds. For me, this is a three out of five. I think it falls very much into what Blessing and I have talked a lot about on PS I Love You before, where for Blessing, I'm putting words in your mouth. Mm. We often talk about how or you will talk about like ah, DLC is not really my thing. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I feel like this is a piece of DLC that I would struggle to sell somebody. Oh, you have to play this. Like this didn't, it, I, I would never be like, oh, it was great. You got to try it. You got to jump in. It was good. If you want more cyberpunk, if you're looking for that, it's there for you. I think it tra tends, trends way more towards being an action or a first person shooter game than an RPG, which I wasn't feeling. I want the RPG mechanics, but again, we can get into that. My thought is a three out of five. So you're the lead reviewer on it. You beat it. Andy, have you beat it yet? No, I've put in about six to seven hours, maybe. Bless. Uh, I'm on the last mission. I put in about 15 hours. Paris. 
Yes, I have finished it and I put in 36 hours. Let's start with you then. What, what, <laughs> what do you think about this game and what would you give it on the kind of funny scale? So it's, I'll, I'll give my score first. Um, I would give it a four out of five. And it was very interesting hearing Greg's point of view. I'm actually glad that Greg was the lead review and not me because I did not play this as just Phantom Liberty. I played this as Cyberpunk 2.0. And what Phantom Liberty and the 2.0 update was bringing to this game. I am obviously someone who's been heavily invested in this game over the past three years, just through the roller coaster of launch and just the updates that they've done over the past few years. Um, I really feel that Cyberpunk hit its stride around that 1.5 update where I was really starting to think, okay, this is starting to realize the vision when they initially showed this off in 2018. Obviously, Edge Runners came out. And they started to build a lot of goodwill. So it was funny. Um, I had been playing for a while after that point, playing different builds, just doing different things in Night City. And then when they announced Phantom Liberty, obviously it was coming out. I just put it down. I was like, I'm, I'm going to stop. I've been waiting to meet Hanako and Embers. It seems like six months or however long yeah. it's been. And now that I actually got it, I jumped back in and I actually didn't pick it up right there. I actually pulled an old save so I could build back up to that moment. And for me, I, I run the analogy that I use for this game is if any of you have seen Cowboy Bebop, the movie, that's what this is for me, where that happened inside the, the, the timeline of Cowboy Bebop before the ending, because obviously that's when everybody was still together. But you told the side story, but it felt very personal at that point because you know these characters you've invested in these characters over x amount of years and that's kind of how i felt here with phantom liberty where i've been invested in this game over x amount of years to where everything felt very familiar but with 2.0 changing up the skill tree adding the vehicular combat um you know obviously the finally getting that police system implemented now we have this new section of night city with, with dogtown um, it, it felt very familiar, but new. And, and I, I was invested into these characters. Like I look at Johnny Silverhand so much differently now after I've been playing it post Phantom Liberty, because I felt like they almost humanized him more in a way. And again, we won't spoil anything here, but the introduction of some of the new characters, but more importantly, going back to the skills, to the skill tree, the revamping of the skill tree. I, I love what they did because they made it more the skills that you invest in, and I, I did like a net runner. So I obviously invested very heavily into, into tech and into intelligence, but the, the skills that you're seeing there, the perks, they made more sense. Like, okay, if I invest in this, I'm going to get to do this cool thing because of that. Right. And I built up to that. Obviously the way that they revamped the way cy the cyberware works now where your armor is attached to that. Now your clothing is virtually cosmetic at this point there's still a few attributes that you'll get in helmets and things like that um some of the new weapons kind of the illegal underground weapons that you can get you know when you're in dogtown from that vendor was pretty cool and like i said running as a net runner you know i'm just popping heads left and right because i've invested in it and i understood how all those skills work so for me it was more about the sandbox that i got with night city that again I feel like this is very close to what they sold us back in 2018. When I originally saw it and I got super excited about the game, this feels very close to that for me. And it was interesting, Greg, where you mentioned this plays more as like kind of an action 
game for you versus an RPG. Whereas I think with the resetting of the skills, they're getting closer to it being that RPG that they promised us it it would be because now I already see the potential when I go back in. Like I said, I did a Netrunner build this time. Now maybe I'll do a solo build or something like that. I'll do something completely different than what I did now where I can actually play the game that way and approach these scenarios differently. Um, again, going back to Dogtown, I think what they did with that space, it feel, it's in Night City, but it feels so much different than Night City. And I thought that was really cool as well on um, the airdrops that you get in there. Just the way that the, the troops are, are walking around, the NPCs within within Dogtown feels a lot different than it did in, in the core Night City. But then you leave out there and you're back in Night City and that feels very familiar to to you as well now with the vehicular combat that you have you can have a lot of fun scenarios with that but again you need to invest in certain skills to unlock some of the cool shit that you'll get out of that too um one thing that i did with the police system was that i thought was a neat little thing is i i got up to five star and i took off for the badlands and the night city police basically handed it off to militech once i got to the badlands and that fed into the lore of, of what cyberpunk has been. So that was another thing that was a cool thing for me to be able to experience. But I, I totally get what Greg is saying. I can see someone that has not been invested in this over the years that maybe, you know, obviously we know the launch was not great in 2020, put the game down, you're gonna pick it up at Phantom Liberty and you're not gonna have that investment that, that someone like myself would, whereas maybe it's just okay. If you're just playing the Phantom Liberty por portion of it and you don't have the other backstory, you know, of the main story, you know, the relationship with Johnny and just everything that, that goes along with that. So I can see Greg's point of view, but for me, ultimately, this, this is a four out of five. I mean, one of the things you bring up, Harris, that I like is the sandbox stuff you're talking about. For me, that's one of the things that wore so thin to where I was like, ugh, like I'm not even like, I feel like, yes, Dogtown looks different than Night City, but one of my problems especially after having platinum bit and put it 33 hours into it to jump back in here and be running around night city and Dogtown is the fact that I feel even though districts look different, the whole thing is just such a blur of neon and on ramps to where I, I think you're really missing that. Oh, here's village square or here's this one building yeah. that I'll center myself off of and know all this stuff. So it, uh, when I went, was out there in the sandbox running around doing that, it was very much like, this doesn't feel alive. And I know we overuse that word all the time in terms of it, but then it would be the idea of like, all right, cool. I'm running to the next objective and I'm running through NPCs and I'm knocking them down, but I'm not having an emergent gameplay moment. I'm not having a Starfield. I pick up a quest or somebody says something. I'm not having a Baldur's Gate. This guy fights me and I'm into a battle. It would have the skull above their head or like the night you know, I can help the cops here or whatever. But again, it was that thing of back to my Far Cry comparison after playing so much of this, where it is just like, I, that's just, clearly one of the things you can do it's them rinse and repeating stuff in there to the point of then to jump out back to the sandbox part of it right like anytime i had to drive i was just like all right i forgot i don't like driving in this game driving in this game i do not feel is tight or fun and so there's like you know one of their things they talked in our thing is like oh we had all these new side quests right there's 17 new side quests and gigs right and one of the gigs is more, more cars there's more cars yeah. littered around that you get. And it's like, anytime, like I did like three of them, I'm like, yo, this sucks. Like, I'm just never doing these again because I'll ride Jackie's motorcycle to, when I have to. I will fast travel whenever I can because I don't like this. But then it, when it would be these drives, it would be these drives where I could sit there and just be like, man, nothing is happening. Like, I'm driving from point A to point B to do the next thing when I, you know, why not just let me blink fast travel there or do whatever? Like, I'm not enjoying this moment. And I felt like I had a, oh, 
there are, like I said, great moments in the campaign, and there are great side missions, too. I'm not trying to knock that. There's a really fun side mission with these two cops that I thought was great, and then there's even a sequel to that that I enjoyed. But it was like, over there'd be these moments where I was actively being like, I am not having fun in this moment, and I wish I was. Plus, what about you? You're just at the end of this game. Like, where are you at with it? Yeah, so it's fun listening to Greg and Paris talk about it, right? And like thinking back to my review back in the day when the Cyberpunk 2077 base launched. And I opened up my notes from that review from 20, what, end of 2020? December. Yeah, December 2020, just to see where I was with that, right? And overall, like I really enjoyed the game, but it wasn't like, it wasn't high in my game of the year list, right? It was one of those ones where we're coming into it. I was like, this is going to be my favorite game ever. And I it let me down in that sense. But it was still a game that I had a lot of fun with, right? Because I got to play it on PC and all this stuff. But I still go through and I look at the cons that I had written down on my notes app uh, or on my Google Docs, actually. And, you know, I go through and it's uh, the first note I have here. It's buggy as fuck, right? And I go through the bugs <laughs> of, of uh, consistent call error, guns floating in the air. Uh, sometimes dialogue would just pause and wait. Following NPCs can get iffy. Uh, I found a straight up typo in my game. Quest progression we just bug out in some places yada 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 right went through a long list of bugs i then go through and like i talk about how the map is cluttered i talk about how uh the game feels like it wants to be edgy so much that it comes as a detriment right when the game uh goes into points where it feels like man characters can get into like a cartoonish level of stereotypical right like i go through i talk about having not feeling like i have ownership over my character and over my story and all these things for me playing cyberpunk phantom liberty in the last uh couple weeks i feel like I am able to love this game now without compromise or caveat, right? I'm having such a fantastic time playing this game. Half of it, and part of it is the reminder of, oh man, I really do like this world. And oh man, I think Cyberpunk really has something here with its characters and its story and its style and all these things. Another part of that is the um, 2.0. I think so many of these updates are great, right? And I think this piggybacks a little bit of what Greg's talking about with the RPG-isms of the game because it's been so fascinating jumping from playing... Baldur's Gate 3, to then playing Starfield, to then now playing Cyberpunk, and being able to see the different ways in which they want to be RPGs, where Baldur's Gate is very much, hey, this is tabletop, this is D&D, like, we are going to really give you ownership of the choices you make in the story, and the characters you hang out with, and all these things, right? Starfield is more of a, hey, we're going to be a space sim. Like, if you want to create um, settlements, we're going to let you do that. If you want to be a Crimson Fleet dude, we're going to let you be that. If you want to be a Fed, we're going to let you be that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cyberpunk. In terms of its RPGisms, where I've been able to find them this time around is in the skill tree and is in how they marry all of those skill and perk and like upgrade systems to really let you play the way you want to play. And for me, I've been blown away by it. Like you look at the the skill tree, for example, right, which they've gone through, they revamped. It's like the same kind of things that you had in the um, OG game. So you're, <clears throat> you're going through, you have the reflex um, ability, you have cool, you have body, you have all these things that you can level up, but then you go into a menu deeper and you have these abilities that um, you can now apply perk points to that let you kind of focus in on these different play styles for combat and just for general gameplay that I felt like you didn't really have before. And so now as I'm playing, I am, and I should also give context that I didn't um, restart my game. I'm picking up from the end of my save. So I have all these perk points <laughs> sure, built yeah. up. So like I am coming in with a character that is already like, oh, I'm already deciding how I really want to play this. So I'm going in, my character is this, um, like, ninja i can uh, slow-mo time if i pick up i'm like dashing all over the place i would double jump and a dash and so now i don't even fuck with cars i jump dash jump and that gets me like a good enough distance to get to wherever i'm trying to go into dogtown <laughs> and that's been enough for me but like with that also in combat i am slowing down time all over the place i have another relic ability um where like i can see critical hit points and so i'm doing that i'm coming combining that with a uh 
specking into katanas and specking into swordsmanship where i am slicing and dicing people and it rem when i'm the way i'm playing the game now reminds me of listening to podcasts back in like 2018 of people that came back from the E3 demos yeah the e3 demos talking about like oh man and yeah they dismembered this and it was crazy that's how it feels like i am playing now when i get into combat with my character leveled up in this way and i'm having such a blast and i can't wait to level up my character even more to get them closer to where i want to be that combined with the cyberware system being revamped as well where it is you're going through like paris mentioned you have the armor stuff that uh, is applied there now as opposed to just cosmetic um, but you can do that you then have all these different elements of your v that you can uh replace right whether it's your eye whether it's your uh, arm stuff whether it's your leg stuff right and like i know some of this was in the it was already there, there in the base but they've gone through and really made the stuff work together to where now i'm like i i feel like i have such an ownership of how <clears> i play and i'm excited to see other people's gameplay to see if the way they play is matched up say if they go for a cool character that is doing another thing or if they're going for a body leveled character that is using the big weapons and doing all that stuff that's like that's where the rpg is coming in for me and i'm enjoying it so much you then get to the story right which does have less ownership than what you look at at Baldur's gate or even like a starfield but from what you're getting out of the story and the character work and the decisions that you're making the dialogue and all this uh i'm having such a good time i really like the story i think it's a really cool political uh spy thriller right it's not the best thing ever but uh it again like looking back at cyberpunk versus what i see from other rpgs in the genre the fact that like i get into a scene in this game and i'm talking to characters and it feels like a scene I'm talking yeah. to somebody and they are walking around, they're doing yeah. dishes, oh, it's, it's, they're like it's phenomenal. making a drink. They and like the character models look fantastic. The lighting, the environments that we find ourselves in look fantastic. Like I, it's the kind of game where I feel like I can take a screenshot at any moment and that screenshot I can make my background. Dude, my, my Xbox is filled with photo mode because the game's gorgeous, but then to your point, especially coming off of Starfield, where they have understandably gotten so much shit for being Bethesda and it's just being Yeah. I'll stand there and talk to you like this and maybe my eyes will follow you, or maybe I'll slowly turn my head off. Like the fact that you were in there and you will be talking to a person and they will track you, they will make the drink, they will give you the drink. Yeah, I mean like Yeah. And the fact and like for me the best parts of my playthrough so far have been when I've been able to stop and smell the flowers in the way that like I love to do in these kind of games, right? And I think so, that's something that I kind of wanted more at Starfield, right? And like, it's that fun thing of seeing sort of the, some people have found that there, some people haven't found that. In this game, I'm sure some people will find that, some people won't. But I've had points where I'm doing a main mission and I'm in like a, um, kind of like a club type setting. And I go outside and I leave, lean over the railing and I just look out at Night City and like, I just enjoy the moment for a second. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I come back and there's a concert going on and there's all these cool effects and the um, the singer is walking down um, this runway and they have these lit up uh, wings. Like they start off with one wing looking like the one winged angel, but then like via lights and, and, and all the shit, right? Like they have this cool um, uh, holographic effect of like a wing flowing. And I'm like, this is fucking cool as hell. Like visually, this is so stunning and so fun to watch. And that's something that I could have just walk by. I didn't have to take a moment to stop and just look at that stuff. You know, I think the set dressing in the style of cyberpunk is so strong. Uh, and that stuff has been blowing me away even more, more so this time around. Um, I have been enjoying the, the, some of the in-world just random activities. I like the driving. Um, and not necessarily like, the, I'm with you in terms of in base cyberpunk. I didn't love the driving either. Like the handling was weird. The new vehicle missions, one of the first vehicles I found was this souped up um, like race vehicle practically, and it looked cool as hell. And I started driving with it, and I was like, oh, this controls 
perfectly. This is exactly how I want something to control. And so now I've made it my mission to find a car like that and, <laughs> and own a car like that. And that's been fun. There are these random drops that you get now in uh, Dogtown that you have to fight people over. And that stuff's been fun because all the loot has been worthwhile. And for me, yeah, this has drops. been... A this has been such a game I've been uh, I, I've been uh, able to find myself getting lost in. The one more thing I'll, I'll say here, um, performances have been great. I really like all the characters. Uh, Idris Elba, fantastic, except for the fact that he doesn't know if he wants to have a British accent, accent or an American accent. <laughs> mm. And like he is in between the entire time. It is hilarious. Um, but aside from that, like I really like the character stuff in this game as well. I mean, you haven't beat it yet, but just where, where are you veering right now in terms of on the kind of funny scale? Because that, well, everything you just said, Reads like a five to me. It, for me, I'm by a, between a four and a five. I think I want. I really want to see the endings, and I also want to play way more. But yeah, like I could see myself giving it a five, but I'm kind of on that um, that back and forth there. That's awesome, Andy. I want to hear so, your thoughts on this. Uh, and Paris, I'll, I'll get to you in yep. one second. But first, I want to take a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. I can't even count the amount of nights I lose sleep because I just can't stop thinking and my brain just won't stop talking. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace and it can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny. Paris, what's up? Oh, no, I real quick before you go to Andy, one other thing uh, I did want to bring up because I played on PC and the path tracing that's in it, you know, the, the RTX cards, Ooh. NVIDIA, the whole thing. And I will we'll see what the comments say, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say this might be. No, this is the most visually impressive open world game I've ever played. Just period point blank. And a lot of what Blessing was just saying you you want to stop and smell the roses in so many different places in that game where you just look out and you're just like, God damn, this is just visually stunning to me. I just love, and again, this goes back to what I was saying that I'm invested in it since 2020, that I've seen all the iterations of this game across PC, across console, et cetera. And to see that they did not give up on this game and they continued to iterate on it and they continued to improve not only the visuals, but obviously everything we've said with the overhaul of the skill tree, the new relic tree that's in there now, just all these different things that CD Projekt Red has done to make this game anybody that were to pick this game up today and play it from start to finish with phantom liberty and everything included they would look and go well what was wrong with it in 2020 they wouldn't believe it because obviously all the issues that it had back then but they've 90 percentile resolved all of those and improved upon the systems in the game and made it like I said, this open world sandbox that you just want to live in. You want to turn on the radio stations, get in your car, or your motorcycle, and just drive around the city and see all these different things. And that's the other thing, like the community focused uh, radio station they added in in Phantom Liberty as well. Just, just again, another cool perk. Awesome. Another music is so good. Yeah, it's really, really good. But it's just a thing of like, I feel like, yeah, look, they effed up. Let's, let's just say that 
period, point blank. 2020, they effed up. Game should have never come out when it did, but they stuck with it. They listened to feedback. They worked on it. And here we are three years later. And it's just like, yeah, this this is a very visually impressive and fun game to play in an open world setting. Absolutely. Uh, Sorry, I know I kind of went, went long. Well, I, I wanted to add um, a couple more things. One, I didn't hit one bug while playing. And that was the thing that blew me away the most, honestly, for like, again, my original playthrough having so many bugs. Um, Only one I had was a visual one where they made a big deal about Adris Elba changing his clothes and we were in different clothes. And then we, we sp split apart. And then we came back together, and he was in, he was in his original outfit. I was like, that's weird. And then we split apart, and came back together, and he was in his normal outfit. I'm like, all right, that was just. <laughs> and to Paris's point about this being like maybe the best open, looking open world game um, ever, right? Like I'm I'm kind of aligned with all that. I think it's up there, right next to Horizon, and right next to Red Dead Redemption Two. I Fair. think you know where Horizon might have this game on like pure fidelity. I think this game has has it on like just set dressing and how versatile the environments look and how well the environments are set up like this game is like they've done such a good job just creating locations for you to be in um and so yeah that's where i that's where i look at cyberpunk and i'm like damn y'all did the thing andy cortez this was a, a kind of a tough one to get back into just because so much time has gone by and it's one of those that i knew i was gonna gonna have to start eventually i was like do i start a new character i was kind of wrestling with all that and by the way greg you mentioning the NPC differences and I did end up rolling a new character for a little bit and just to kind of like, you know, I haven't re experienced this intro with my massive PC at home. And like, I want to see how all of it looks path trace yeah. and everything. And just, you know, those intro moments where Jackie's there talking to him and he's eating his noodles and it's just, it's like, God, that's a person that does not yeah. feel like a, a video game character. Um, I, I'm way more aligned with Blessing when it comes to a lot of this. Again, I'm only, you know, about six or seven hours in. But when you, when you have an NPC, Tim, look at you and say, this goes way deeper than we ever thought. Oh, shit. I mean, you got me in. Oh, okay. like, got it. You got, you got me. So when something goes way deeper than you ever thought, I'm totally into it. Um, this, this whole DLC so far has been really thrilling. And I'm enjoying all the characters. I'm enjoying these lines of dialogue that I, I just like kind of existing in these sequences, even when V isn't talking, just having two characters um, going back and forth about their pasts and learning more about them. I think Idris Elba's performance is awesome and it doesn't feel like the, uh, not to like throw shade, right? But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have issues with Megan Fox in Mortal oh, Kombat yeah. and how like, Sometimes actors on the movies don't really know how to, you know, take their talents into the vocal booth and do, like, voiceover work there. Aegis Elba, I think, is so fucking awesome in this so far. Uh, I'm just incredibly interested and intrigued by all this story-wise. I didn't expect to be pulled back into this world the way I have. Um, there's something about the rest of Night City, though, that still doesn't encourage me to walk around and see what I can experience. Um, a lot of Night City to me looks like super gorgeous, obviously, and it is just immaculately done art-wise, but um, I don't really play this game the way I do a lot of open-world games where I'm like, let me just walk this direction and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Like, I don't really feel like I would be rewarded with anything in that case anyway. If anything is going to happen, I'm going to get a phone call or a text message from somebody telling me about a mission 
then I'll go fast travel and find out what that mission is. Dude, it's uh, and like booting up the because I I made a new character and then I went back with my PlayStation right. char character save right and booting that back up for the first time in years. Your phone just rings for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is happening. That's yeah. happening. And I'm talking to one Where guy. Been, and while I talk to that guy, the same guy who's talking to me is sending me text messages. I'm like, oh, Jesus God. Yeah, it's like when you like, you finally get out of like a, a big like NBA game or something. Yeah, you yeah, finally yeah. have airplane mode again. off. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say though that I think dog is a really awesome addition and i enjoy how lawless so much of it is because it kind of reminds me of like the the it's a weird kind of like callback but rage too just oh. kind of enjoying the open worldness there of you'll just see random crimes and i can go, just go shoot people down and have a cool little gunfight against this gang of these two gangs that are kind of fighting against each other right now um i've i'm way more interested in in that little section of open world than i thought i'd be and I, I'm with Blessing. I do enjoy the driving. I like, I have that Akira style motorcycle and I'm just driving on that, you know, doing this sort of like, you just draw your weapon. I don't have a, I haven't really experienced a weapon or a vehicle that does twisted metal type shit yet. I'm just mm -hmm. kind of like shooting from the motorcycle. But yeah, I think the story is awesome. I am, I'm loving where I'm building my character do you like in terms of combat. Go ahead. Do you like shooting from the motorcycle? I do. What's every is every like driving I combat? It. I think it's fine. My, my I, I did it like the three times I needed to in the story, and I was like, all right, I hate this sucks. And so now, now if somebody shoots at me, I just stop the car, get out. They stop their car, they get out. I shoot them to death. I get back in my car, and I go about my business. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love just trying to be like precise keyboard mouse aiming and shit like that. But they brought in a move from uh from Overwatch to my favorite character to play Ash where she throws a she throws a dynamite and shoots it out of midair that's an ability now and you can throw grenades and shoot them out of midair and they do more damage when they explode in the air if they're near a lot of people um I love kind of just the path that I'm taking in terms of talents and abilities and getting really into the like hacking of enemies while we're in battle all that stuff is just so like it's so fast paced and it feels so good to do when we're in these battles. I think a lot of these levels in the Phantom Liberty expansion have been really well thought out in terms of in terms of pacing and getting your tension up and kind of throwing you curveballs and you think something's going to happen, but nope, you're fucked. You got to take on this whole room and and then the music hits and it's like, god damn, dude, this movie like this really does feel like the ultimate lessons learned to me where like they they yep. They knew that a lot of things weren't uh, up to anybody's standards, really, when that game came out. And I feel like so much of it is so sculpted and crafted with where I'm at right now. I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, yet another game that I'm like, God, I wish I wasn't into it so I can get back to playing the other six or seven games, right? <laughs> uh, same thing happened with Starfield. But I am enjoying my time a lot with this, and I cannot wait to get back to it. One thing I do want to jump in on, we're talking about performances, Adris Elba being awesome. Keanu Reeves, I know Paris talked about this at the top, right, of like Johnny being great and a new dimension to him and stuff. Echo that 100%. Keanu Reeves' performance. And again, I know when we got our hands on Cyberpunk originally, there was like, oh man, he's really in this. It wasn't just uh, he's doing 10 minutes in a VO booth. He's like, same thing here, really great for him. And then also I want to give a shout out to the female V, and I'm probably mispronouncing her name, but I think it's Shay Rami Lee. Uh, I, I was a male V in my 33 hour platinum playthrough. So this time around, I was like, I'll roll her. And I really liked her a lot. I think I liked her more than the male counterpart. And so I, I was really enamored with that performance. As I well. wanted to call it. I think the male V has improved a lot in, in like just remembering his lines, the male V's <laughs> lines from, yeah, from my initial sort of like playing in 30, 40 hours or whatever. Um, I do feel like there is 
a bit more of a serious tone when needed. It isn't always just the, you know, I'm going to be this brash sort of cocky yeah. guy. That, or that's the thing I, I, I feel like I'm noticing this time around with Phantom Liberty is that I just think the writing is better. Uh, that was yeah. one of my things with just the original playthrough of, oh, man, this is great, but I got I to gotta roll my eyes sometimes because now it feels juvenile because you want to be so cyberpunk. You want to be so cool. And so, like, you're throwing out, like, you know, when we open up this episode, I'm like, what's up, Chum? And you said something about Gonzo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when we're, like, you know, saying these random shit, if you if you can't execute on that, then it just, it's just going to come off cheesy. It's not going to come off great. Mm-hmm. This DLC, the whole time, I'm like, yo, I'm in this. They're, use, they're throwing Chum around. They're throwing all these words around. And, like, the, the context, the situations, the, the way that these lines are delivered – I'm in and all the way. Like I felt like the writing bits were actually real, um, way better this time around. I also wanted to mention. But again, real quick this is. I, uh, I was going to say, Paris, that I started from my character just like Blessing did at the end of the game. Uh, I didn't do a, a brand new save. Paris. No, and just just my point on everything that you're just saying is, yeah, I mean, this is again the result of lessons learned. Three years later, they've gotten better. Like I've always played as a female V. I've actually never played as a male V, but. To your point, even her as a voice actress, she's improved as well. It's like they've lived in these roles now, so they they they're very familiar to them. And you're seeing the execution come out of that and some of the new dialogue that we're having. And you know, shout out to Steve Blum, he's legendary voice actor. He he's playing Mr. Hands, which is the um the fixer that that you meet in uh Dogtown. And and you know he's fantastic too. It's like everybody was in their bag when when it came to the performances that that we got Phantom Liberty wise. One thing I do want to circle back w- with Greg is the vehicle combat. The other and I've been running as a net runner. The other cool thing is not just shooting your gun. Is I'm I'm literally using quick hacks, blowing up cars, you know, making them break, reverse, just doing all this stuff where you know in in combat real time, which is just another cool perk. Which again, go back to the new skill tree. They've laid it out in a way that you can look at the skill tree now and figure out where's all the cool shit that I want to do, depending on the build that I want to have now. And you can start specking that along the way. I think they even have a website now where you can kind of do that ahead of time just to see what it would look like. But these are the things that they've updated now that, you know, they've gotten all this feedback and they've learned what worked the first time, what didn't work and what can we do to improve to kind of, truly make this the definitive cyberpunk experience you know for this game it didn't take too long to for me to get back into the rhythm of having to infiltrate a big old building and seeing one camera and then hacking into that camera and being able to look through it and switch to the other camera feeds and marking all the enemies like i was just like man this this feels good to do again. the first time (laughs) i got back in and you know i was like all right quick hack yeah you know what i mean i'm like all right cool i'm gonna you know use a overheat on this guy short circuit over there let me blow up that thing to distract the enemies and then now i'll go like take them out like again like the the moment to moment like the core gameplay is good like i'm not trying to say it's not i'm not you know what i mean I, i think it's just it wears thin for me for as much as i've done in it or much i've done with it i guess yeah i think to what we're talking about too like this it feels like almost my dream Deus Ex game because Deus Ex, sure. you know, I played Human Revolution and loved it. I played uh, Mankind Divided and really liked it, right? But like those were games that they were smaller, right? They were, hey, we are going for this is a you know action RPG, Western RPG, immersive sim, whatever you want to call it. You're gonna get probably twenty to thirty hours out of it. Um, but when we're talking about the skill tree stuff, you know, that was a game that made you pick a lane, right? You're not they're not just giving out the uh, oh, I forget what they're called. They're called like Haxis or some shit like that. We're not just giving out the skill points though to upgrade your, your character willy nilly. You gotta, you're gonna have to pick something. And with that, usually it was gunplay, um, stealth, and crawling through vents. 
uh, and then like hacking <laughs> stuff, right? It was you had a like a small handful of options. Playing Cyberpunk, it feels like they took that and just expanded it out because even as you're talking about the hacking stuff of finding a camera and then going from there, you know, like early on in this DLC playthrough, I I still had a cyberware um, like thing that let me hack like uh, turrets and shit, and I'll I'll be using it randomly, and I'm like. I'm not really built for this. Like, this is just a random thing that I have. So I'm going to replace this with something else. And now, like, I've gone full in on just being a samurai, right? Like, using my sword and using my dash abilities and, like, using pistols and shit. And, like, hearing you talk about how, yeah, you can hack into cameras and do things. And even seeing some of the gameplay footage that Bear brought up during the beginning of the episode where there was somebody who, you know, they're sneaking into a thing. They looked up, hacked one person, and then they blew up. And then another person, like, catches on electricity. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? That's not how my game looks. Um, instead, <laughs> I think, you know, when I talk about... You're playing Ghost Runner? <laughs> well, no, it, literally, like, I am playing Ghost Runner. That's yeah. what it feels like. I am dashing all over the place, slicing and dicing. Um, when we talk about, like, how dynamic the game can feel in terms of the cutscenes and the characters, like, walking around, all this stuff... I got to a cutscene uh, during a gig. This wasn't even like a main story uh, mission. This was a gig where I am, I get toward the end of it. It's me and two dudes and we're trying to drive out. But then the head honcho walks in and he, it's him and his bodyguards. And he's like, oh, what's going on here? Right. And we get into the conversation. I'm trying to talk him down. I'm trying to be like, hey, it's all good. But one of my guys says something that fucks up the whole situation. And so the guy is like kind of be, he's kind of building up to like, all right, sick him. Like he's like, he's about to say one of those lines to his bodyguards. And I sense it. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep my, my finger on the L2 button just in case because I, I just specced in my sword into being able to deflect bullets back. And so if Genji them, <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, if shit pops off, I'm fucking ready for it. And then sure enough, he says, uh, he didn't say sick him, but I'm just going to say, <laughs> he's like, all right, sick him. And as soon as he says it, I bust out my sword and like bullets come flying at me and I deflect all of them. And it was the coolest feeling thing ever. <laughs> and that was in the middle of like what essentially is a, a cutscene, right? But like, I think, the way that they've built this game does give you that sense of, oh, I'm going to put myself in this movie scene and play it out the way that I, that like my badass character could play it out. And yeah, like I, I think that stuff works really well. Production values are just absolutely insane. It's so in some good. of these cuts, or in, in some of these side quests, uh, in particular, one where you do some jugs to kind of um, hallucinate. How loud are you talking about? And yeah. <laughs> my God, I'm. P playing that uh, little moments like that that could be missable i think are just really impressive andy uh, i want to know what you think about all the new nvidia stuff because i know the they are really showing off a lot of the rtx tech and stuff in this one like did you get to play with that stuff yeah it's 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 really impressive i mean again the amount of, before the show started i was telling paris like just photo mode has been it's uh, during a lot of these important cutscenes with characters where i'm needing to listen to dialogue it's tough to not hit the end button and then pop into like, let me just get a quick little photo right here. Um, yeah, the full path tracing is awesome. Again, um, path tracing on the level of what film does where you're not just um, having metals reflect and then calling it ray trace reflections or having um, the shadows in between like boxes and the ground and calling that like ray trace ambient occlusion. This is like, Every light ray in this game behaves as it should, and I've just been yep. taking a lot of before and afters of certain, uh, you know, just little environments and inside of a club and inside of a bar. It is, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and then you kind of forget about it because you're just so in there, and then you turn it off, and certain moments will just kind of go, oh, god damn, that's, uh, that's really how it actually looks without path tracing turn on. I think the tech is just super impressive, and I'm running it on my rtx 4090 
and uh, I, I have frame generation on as well, so that's creating an extra frame for frame rate, and I'm just, you know, everything's just awesome right now. <laughs> one, one, one other thing to, to add to what Andy's saying, because we're similar setups, we're both on RTX 4090s, and to be clear, I have not played on console, so when my visually impressive statement that is strictly I'm talking about PC with path tracing enabled, um, and midway through, they NVIDIA sent out the update, so now it's doing DLSS 3.5 as well and it's doing some some more ai stuff it's an improving performance the whole thing i want to say i'm staying definitely staying about the high 90s at 4k with path tracing on with dlss 3.5 as far as frames go but um again just everything andy andy said the path tracing the the lighting is just it's it's incredible it's just absolutely incredible, especially night scenes. I think Barry was even just showing one a second ago. You just want to stop and just look at it. You're like, wow, this, this is actually in the game. This is I'm playing this right now. This isn't just a screenshot or so or some kind of CGI video. This is the video game that I'm playing right now. And, you know, credit to CD Projekt Red and NVIDIA for, again, just all the work that they've been doing the past couple of years, because Cyberpunk has pretty much been their poster child from an N NVIDIA standpoint for all of their RTX and DLSS tech technology that they've been doing the past few years. I'm, I'm playing on PS5, and the adaptive triggers are pretty cool. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like well, there you go, everyone. That has been our review whoa, whoa, of whoa, Cyberpunk whoa, 2077 whoa. Phantom Liberty. On the right here, I listened to the games cast from December 2020. Uh -huh. And this was still when you, Tim Geddes, yeah. contemplated playing this game. Yeah. I think, honestly, even for me, who's the lowest on the thing, but still enjoyed myself, you would really, I think, like the, the campaign. Yeah, I mean, I ended up beating Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about it. I'm like, I don't I think you would like back. Phantom Liberty. Yeah. Fuck, I, I think you should do it. God, I think there's time. It's Mission Impossible. It's Mission Impossible. Shit, it's sick as hell. It is Mission Impossible. That's a great way. Yeah, that's... It's what I said. Why are you giving him credit? I said it. I wasn't Good job, Andy. That's a great comparison, Andy. That's a great comparison, Andy. Appreciate it. Tim, I would suggest watching cyberpunk edge runners on Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah i've seen that as well if that didn't hook you to want to go play the game then nothing will yeah. in my opinion i mean There's i definitely I some callbacks tim, in the game now to that as well which is pretty cool i sent oh, tim cool. the uh the cinematic trailer that they made for this and was like tim even if you're not going to play the, the game play this big and loud because this is <laughs> one of the coolest cinematic preview things and it is it blew my mind. And I still have it because it got too late and Gia went to sleep and I was like, I need to do this right. So yeah. when I get home tonight, I'll do it. You got me. You got to do it. Oh, yeah. You got me. <laughs> but thank you for that, Craig. Uh, let us know in the comments below what you what your hype levels are for Phantom Liberty, uh, what you're planning on doing, whether it's rerolling a new character, using your OG. What's up? And also, what do you have for lunch? Please let me know. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Paris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Paris, we'll return to the X-Cast next week. Uh, but until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.